Monday. It's September 16th. And the word of the day is Brentrance, which means <laughs> the super embarrassing take us back apology that the UK is going to need to make if a no deal Brexit happens. Used in a sentence, Parliament should pass a law that forces Boris Johnson to ask for Brentrance like John Cusack with a boombox over his head outside of EU headquarters <laughs> in Brussels. Except it's just going to play a sad trombone over and over again. No, no, it's it's British. He'll be in fast motion and it'll play yakety sax. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm no illusions. <laughs> I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed. From America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, Andrew Yang will give you 50 bucks right the fuck now. <laughs> we'll round up the urinal suspects. And if you tape Sharpies to your fingers, that counts as having very big hands. That's official. <laughs> but first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, let's go ahead and settle this right now. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Go. Oh, categorical ambiguity. The internet will not have it. I don't know. Is is cheese a sandwich? How is this something that needs settled? Pizza is an open-faced sandwich. Get woke! <laughs> <laughs> open-faced sandwich? Not a sandwich. Check your two-slice privilege. Anyway, <laughs> in our lead story tonight... Pop-Tarts a sandwich. <laughs> the Democratic Party had round three of the primary debates last week, and it worked out much better than the first two rounds. Yeah. I'd call the format uh, slightly less extremely stupid, which is a big step forward, right? So, first of all... Instead of that cluttered stage of 10 candidates over two nights, we had a stage of 10 candidates over one night. Yeah. So <laughs> that was refreshing. And instead of one minute for answers and 30 seconds for rebuttals, we got a full 15 more seconds of political nuance for each of them. <laughs> oh, great stuff. But they didn't completely revamp the program. Uh, we still got an hour and a half of parsing out the difference between Medicare for all and Medicare for all if you want free health care. Yeah. Um, that left enough time for exactly zero questions about women's rights. That was fun. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm still going to watch these. I think it's important to see the candidates speak. There's value in that. And, and they'll say a few important things. But if it's going to be a giant shit show, let's just lean into it and get back Tim Ryan and Marianne Williamson. Just yeah. put it lame, is what I'm saying. It's either stupid and fun, or it's a useful debate. We got neither. Exactly. Yeah, look, I mean, I've watched all of them to this point, and I'll keep watching them because Gamma's rendered me immune to suffering through this medium, but I feel like we've learned what we're going to learn from them, at least especially until we've got like three or four people there. You know, so now... I don't know, put them in a fucking escape room or something. Make them go on Jeopardy. <laughs> a three-legged race would tell us more at this point, I think. Oh, man. Quick rundown of the candidates in an escape room. Uh, okay. Liz Warren already <laughs> solved all the puzzles while you were trying to hang up your coat. Bernie is going to break down the door no matter what that snotty teenager who works here tells him. Joe Biden <laughs> thinks the room was fine when Obama locked us in here, and he doesn't understand why you guys want to escape so bad. Andrew Yang is bribing that snotty teenager. Come on, man. Where's the key? Yeah. Tell me. Just tell me where the key is. Julian Castro is the legacy of that escape room. He is the legacy. <laughs> yeah. So, again, there were a few useful moments. 
For example, we had several candidates making the very important point that, hey, we're all less evil than the alternative. By orders of magnitude. Yeah. Of orders of magnitude. Yeah. It's a good point. And if you disagree with that point, you're stupid. <laughs> uh, or, or you're in denial or both. I can't believe this needs to be said out loud, but here it is. Choosing the lesser of two evils is a moral imperative. That's just yep. obvious. Otherwise, you help choose greater evil. Yeah, that's the that's, other option. Mm -hmm. And also, just to be clear, choosing to pass on that choice is also morally wrong. I literally, I tried to lead somebody through this <laughs> extremely simple concept on Twitter, and they honestly didn't get it, or they pretended not no. to get it because it would have made them look dumb. No, people and this, on Twitter this, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but this wasn't even a Republican. It, it was terrifying. It was somebody Dude, from the left making this argument. There is no concept simple enough for Twitter to get, okay? Also, Apparently not. You have to go read this Twitter exchange. It's like Heath caught my Twitter fights from the ring. Like I gave up Twitter <laughs> and a girl crawled out of the TV and was like, waste a whole bunch of your time with someone who's not going to be intellectually honest with you. And he was like, Roar! and his face twisted around. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You got muted. Yep. Um, not going back to that one. So uh, another positive moment in the debates was when Beto O'Rourke, to be clear, a Texan politician said, yeah, of fucking course I'm taking away your AR-15s and AK-47s. You can have them back at the end of the semester, which <laughs> is never, to be clear. The semester is the time dimension of America. And that was probably the biggest applause break of the night. So uh, that was good to see, I guess. Something yeah, but and then all the gun nuts like took to the interwebs to scream about how silly that was. Since well, if you're gonna ban them, you would also have to ban gun X and gun Y and gun Z. To which the rest of us were like, well, yeah, yeah, his list. <laughs> okay, this wasn't exhaustive. X, yeah, y, right. No, Z, thanks, idiot. Thanks for <laughs> making me aware of these other. Can you ones. put out the whole list? We're good. We're gonna do that. <laughs> you, you tell me how many bullets I'm holding behind my back right now, or the machines that rain death upon our children for my shitty hobby. Stay. Yeah, but. <laughs> Yeah. So, I, I mean, good message anyway from Beto. Um, and despite the glaring lack of Marianne Williamson Thank you. binding Trump's soul to a crystal amulet and <laughs> a glaring lack of Tim Ryan doing the Chris Farley show. Rigged. Um, rigged. I miss him. <laughs> we still got a few fun moments as well. That includes Kamala Harris doubling down on what she's quite certain is an amazing joke. Or literary illusion? It's really not clear what she thinks is happening. Regardless, she seems to think that Donald Trump is just like the Wizard of Oz because he's small. Yeah, he's not. No, he's not. He's, he's tall. He's not he's, you, well, give him that's that not much. An adjective for him. And I, I don't think that character, the Wizard of Oz, means what she thinks it means. The Wizard of Oz was a fake wizard who actually didn't have any power. But Trump actually is powerful, and that's the problem. Right, yeah. And this is the second time Kamala tried to run that play. She said this a few months ago. Uh, so if you're looking for a literary character for that comparison, Kamala, uh, check out maybe To Kill a Mockingbird? Or, <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe Faust? There's, just, uh, there's lots of options where you can find a character that applies to Donald Trump. Keith, I can't promise you much, but Kamala Harris does not want anybody to read To Kill a Mockingbird. She does not. <laughs> 
What? I, honestly, when I first read that in the notes, I was like, wait a minute, Boo Radley wasn't a villain. <laughs> nah. Just to be 100% clear, Bob Yule. There you go. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> so uh, we also got a couple fun moments from Joe Biden. At one point, he was talking about how lower income families tend to be less educated on average, which means their kids end up hearing about four million fewer words by the time they get to kindergarten. And then he, he almost died from aging himself like he chose the wrong grail. Because <laughs> Biden said that parents should, quote, play the radio already. Yeah. No, you're old. And then he continued, make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. And yes. exact quote. He walks off stage. He's like, "Ah, almost called it the Victrola, but that would have shown my age. So I, I saved it. So Andrew Yang is going to play the bribe game, eh? Well, old Uncle Joe will give each and every American a hoop and a stick. How's that for beans, huh? <laughs> and the big rock candy mountain. Oh, the cups and wooden legs. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> so we also got a weird exchange between Biden and... Julian Castro at one point. Apparently Castro decided before the debate that he was going to catch Joe Biden having a senior moment. That was clearly part of his like strategy yeah. ahead of time. Mm -hmm. But Castro got way too excited and he jumped the gun. So he ended up falsely accusing the 76-year-old Biden of forgetting something from two minutes ago, which means at the same time, Julian Castro... Very clearly at age 44, <laughs> yeah, forgot something from two minutes ago. And Biden was just like, dude, wow. Just, I mean, so many good ways to make fun of me. I don't just know. Why the, would you use that? Like, I just now, moments ago, told people to educate their kids with a goddamn record player. Um, just for Also, uh, I flip-flopped when we ratified the 14th Amendment. Just get your shit together. There's so many to pick from. Yeah, I, I don't know who told Julian Castro that the I'm willing to admit I'm a piece of shit and Joe isn't strategy was going to be a winner. But that guy fucking lied to you, Castro. He fucking lied. <laughs> And uh, one other Biden-related moment, during one of his answers, a group of protesters interrupted and managed to bring some attention to their very pressing cause. Uh, Biden was in the middle of talking about personal setbacks in his career, and the protesters all got up and yelled, and um, I think we can all agree that's a really important message, especially considering Joe Biden spent his entire career fighting against. Yeah, right. No, he did. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, this gets Biden to rethink his position on Eki, Eki, well, Eki, Batang, oh, Zumpa <laughs> I think what they were doing was they, they had a thing going where, like, everybody got to have their own chant. It's like a bottom-up approach. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As someone who spent the last month organizing hippies, those motherfuckers are lucky nobody stood sideways and that the poster was the right way around, okay? It's hard. That's all I'm saying is it's hard. You had to tell somebody, hey, buddy, you want to flip that poster? You had to do that? You had so to do many, that this week? So many flip posters. That's that's fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that brings us to the entertainment highlight of the debate, in my opinion. And that's when Andrew Yang decided to go full Willy Wonka and told everyone he's giving away $1,000 a month over the next year to 10 lucky people. This is real. If you go yep. to his website, 
you can sign up for the lottery and possibly win a full year of non-universal basic income. Yeah, just... <laughs> I don't like a proof of concept for universal basic income. Or at least proof you can divide $330 million by $33 million, which you can. It's yeah, true. You can do likes, that. Yeah. He likes math. Yeah, just what we needed to bring back the gravitas to presidential debates, right? <laughs> Fabulous prizes. Okay, but listener, <laughs> listener, here's the great thing. Here's the perfect way to demonstrate the difference between us. We all know that idea is stupid. We all know there's no chance of winning. We all know it's harmful. Did you guys sign up? Of no. course not. What? I did. Nailed it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, before we wrap it up, uh, let's let's close with this. Do you guys have a top winner and top loser of the night? Okay, well, top winner is definitely Thomas Edison. I feel like Biden mentioning his invention, that's really going to skyrocket it to national prominence. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. a big break for him. Uh, I'm going to go with Tim Ryan for staying home and not embarrassing himself on national television. Yeah, no, it's the yep. best he's done in any sure. of the debates. Yeah, um, and good day. I, I would go with Klobuchar as my top loser if that didn't imply she had anything left to lose. So I'm going to go with uh, Kamala as the loser, though. She all but held up emoji cars to cue people in on her emotions as the fucking debate was proceeding. It was so obvious. Like, no, this is friendly, Kamala. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to go with the top loser, me, because Tim Ryan stayed home and didn't embarrass himself on national television. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you, lost. President Ryan. I miss you, too. No one's coming to save us, 2020. <laughs> and in holy shit, I forgot news tonight. Last week, Marked the 18th anniversary of 9-11. And like most 18-year-olds, it's time for a weird old guy to try to fuck it. Okay. <laughs> All right. And honestly, that's it's sadly too late. Uh, Alex Jones produced Loose Change Final Cut in 2007 when 9-11 was a six-year-old. <laughs> well, so, that's, that's there fair. There you go. That's right. At the solemn, somber unifying memorial to those who lost their lives at 9-11, Nick Haros, who was there to memorialize his 76-year-old mother, who died minutes before she should have, showed up in a, quote, some people did something t-shirt and Fuck used you. his time to rail against a thing Ilan Omar didn't say. Well, I mean, she did literally say that. <laughs> there well, there was a much larger sentence around yeah, those words, <laughs> if we're being clear. And Trump tweeted a video that cut out the rest of her sentence. But she did use those exact words to describe 9-11. Uh, that being said, some people did do something. She's yep. technically correct. Um, still feels like there's better phrasing. But well, regardless, it... you know when I wouldn't bring up phrasing like I'm fucking Archer? A 9-11 <laughs> memorial speech. Yeah. memorial speech, I was going to yeah. say. And none of it implies that Elon Omar was pro 911 are you stupid yeah right like wait she said it it was accurate and it's impossible to get offended by it in context that being said if you presented it entirely without context as it would be like say on a t-shirt yeah. <laughs> ding 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 uh, i mean i'll i'm not offended but i just i don't think that was great phrasing but nonetheless this guy's point <laughs> is stupid yes yeah, so here's what Haros used his opportunity at the goddamn 9-11 memorial to say. Uh, I know it's going to sound like I'm insulting Carl the Pug of Pegacorn here, but this is what this asshole sounds like, so I got to be accurate. And my mother, Francis Haros. <laughs> 
Good morning, brothers and sisters in good faith. Uh, already, nope. nope. Listen, some people did something. One sentence he made it. One good job sentence. I am here today to honor my 76-year-old mother, Frances, on the solemn 18th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. Some people did something, said a freshman congresswoman from Minnesota, to support and justify the creation of CARE. Today, I'm here to respond to you exactly who did what to whom. Uh, okay. Uh, first thought. Are people not clear on the subject and object of 9-11? <laughs> okay, but yeah, second thought. Yes, they are. They're yeah, well, actually, yeah, now that you bring it up. There are a yeah. lot of people who aren't clear on that. So it's a weird time to clarify for truthers. You're just try to step all over our Citation Needed episode, <laughs> fucking asshole. Um, uh, so, yeah, maybe we just need to explain to them what having relations means in this, in this instance with the, with the Council of <laughs> or uh, is. American. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so continuing the real quote, Madam, objectively speaking, we knew who and what was done. Oh, then I guess using vague pronouns would be perfectly justifiable at this point then, huh? Also, there, objectively speaking, fuck you. What, you don't even know what that means. There is no uncertainty about that. Why your confusion? On that day, 19 Islamic terrorists, members of Al-Qaeda, people. <laughs> killed over 3,000 people and Did caused something. Something. billions of Thing. dollars of economic damage. Is that clear? But as to whom, I was attacked. Our relatives and friends were attacked. Our constitutional freedoms were attacked. And our nation's founding on Judeo-Christian principles did. Okay. <laughs> Islam is based on those principles. It's fine. It's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> That's what some people did. Got that now? We're here today, Congresswoman, to tell you and the squad just who did what to whom. Show respect in honoring them. American patriotism in your position demands it. For God and country, amen. <laughs> Show it. And to further demonstrate how disrespectful you were to their memories, I will spend the rest of my allotted time at this solemn remembrance to the memories of these, these 3,000 lost people to smear my own feces over a picture of your ugly fucking face. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, because irony isn't real, his mother didn't rise from the grave and drag him kicking and screaming into hell for using the 9-11 memorial <laughs> to repeat Fox News talking points. So, there you have it. Love to find out what you think irony is now, then. And no, in it's real. Bolton's Bolton news tonight. <laughs> it looks like the carpenter will finally get his playmate back now that John Bolton's services are no longer required at the White House, making him the 23rd person to run screaming from this administration. Whose last name starts with a B? Real number, I counted. That what? list wasn't alphabetized. It took a minute. <laughs> okay, Noah, no more half-day vacations for you. This is what happens. <laughs> Give him a half-day off. He alphabetizes everybody who leaves the White House. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as we've come to expect from the White House departures under this administration, there are conflicting narratives on this one. Uh, Trump says he fired Bolton. Bolton said he quit, marking the heretofore unimaginable circumstance in which the informed individual can say, I think John Bolton is the more credible voice here. Yeah. And just to be clear with the walrus and the carpenter, uh, normally 
the walrus is understood to be the villain. <laughs> yeah. John Lennon is stupid, and so is 2019. <laughs> okay, but if they did say it at the same time, it's about who called Jinx double Jinx first, right? Just like right, the legal yeah, president. <laughs> now, regardless of whether John Bolton was really touching him or whether Donald Trump leaned forward and made him touch him, I think we can all breathe a sigh of relief knowing that Yosemite Scam is no longer in charge of anything with missiles. Bolton is a jingoistic lunatic that's been yearning for a war against Iran so long that the guy who played Santa at the Baltimore Macy's in 1956 is still traumatized. I don't get it. It's a, What's a 56? What? Been, you know what? Never mind. Uh, since he's taken over as national security advisor, we've been courting a war in the Gulf with all the subtlety of Pepe Le Pew, and the most current rumors suggest that Bolton stormed off in a huff when Trump suggested lifting some of the sanctions we imposed on him for us breaking the nuclear deal we had with them. Yeah, when you're worried about Donald Trump ruining your legacy by being too diplomatic, <laughs> not a good sign. <laughs> That's pretty terrifying, yeah. Now, of course, Trump's goals weren't war, uh, and that put the, these two people at odds. What Trump wanted was a deal that would make the hard-won concessions John Kerry managed to wrest from them look pathetic in comparison, but... Since the alternative to the much maligned but spectacularly well-crafted nuclear deal turns out to be they just make nukes and we go fuck ourselves. And since Hassan Rouhani doesn't care how long Donald Trump holds his breath, the administration was left in a position where they had nothing left to bargain with except the easing of said sanctions. <laughs> Meanwhile, Trump's drawing three extra neutrons onto their uranium-235 with a Sharpie to make it look less dangerous. <laughs> all right, all right, here's the plan. You leave me in this room alone for another 30 minutes with this Sharpie, and it'll be sugar by the time you guys get back. Just, <laughs> that's a lot of O's I gotta draw. But, but of course, lest we make the mistake of being comforted by Bolton's ouster, we should remind everybody that the last man standing is Mike Pompeo, who... Doesn't want a war between the U.S. and Iran so much as a war between Christianity and Islam. So we're not safer, but I don't know. Maybe the people in Iran are probably. Bright side. Uh, well, actually, now I'm looking at <laughs> my breaking news alerts. Quick before that, Aramco bombing antiquates my last sentence. We're going to take a break for a word from this week's sponsor, The Great Courses Plus. Hi, I'm No Illusions, and I know a lot of weird stuff. Knowing a lot of weird stuff is great because it means people are more likely to shut up when you want them to. Let me give you a great example. Eli, we're not dedicating an entire episode of The Skeptocrat to how eerily similar PayPal and Pandora's logos are. Oh, so it's just a coincidence that the Egyptian god of craftsmen was named Ptah? Uh, yes, it is. So, you remember when I had to explain to you that Ptolemy wasn't Slenderman's Slender sidekick? Slenderman's sidekick, yes. Yeah, right. Well, it's like that again. Oh. Yeah. And that's why we love The Great Courses Plus. If you fall asleep frustrated about how much stuff you're going to die not knowing just like me, The Great Courses Plus is for you. They've got a lifetime's worth of lectures on a broad range of topics, all taught by enthusiastic, engaging experts at the top of their field. This week, we're highlighting their new course, The Real History of Secret Societies. I'm pretty excited about this one. You can arm yourself against the conspiracy theorists by learning the real history of the brotherhoods, orders, and cults that have played covert roles throughout history. And learn how they communicate through corporate logos. No, not, nope, still no. 
You can check out this course or any of their hundreds of other in-depth lecture series for free. That's right. For a limited time, our listeners get a full month of unlimited access for free. But to get this offer, you need to sign up through our special URL. Go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. The Great Courses Plus. Because knowing stuff makes uninformed people shut up. But did you ever turn the logo upside down? Shut up. Okay. <laughs> and we're back next up in headlines a large underwater science lab that was located off the coast of germany has mysteriously vanished Ooh. yeah for real spectacular <laughs> data transmission from the facility suddenly stopped and a team of divers was sent down to investigate where they found that the entire structure was completely gone. Nothing but a shredded communications cable was remaining. So a mad scientist very clearly had a secret lair disguised as a marine biology lab, uh-huh. and he recently cut his data line and flew that lab into space where he's teaming up with aliens to plan a massive attack on Earth. That's the only explanation, as far as I can tell. (laughs) But German authorities are all very clearly leaning toward that theory, Mm -hmm. while at the same time trying to make their words sound different when they explain this whole thing. According to Geomar, the research center that was allegedly managing this lair that was allegedly for marine biology, according to them, the most likely explanation is that somebody removed the laboratory. So... Thanks for that. Great work. Yeah. <laughs> it's been yeah. removed. That's why it's gone. Fantastic. Uh, they also pointed out that a big storm or heavy currents or marine animals have all been ruled out as the cause of the disappearance. <laughs> so they've ruled out pretty much everything except the amphibious evil spaceship lair. Right. And I mean, let's be honest. That's like the coolest scenario, right? Because at least in that one, everyone there isn't, you know dead in a trench we didn't know about (laughs) (laughs) so let's give germany the benefit of the doubt for a second although they have not earned that historically but but i was gonna say that no not really normally famous last words yeah (laughs) (laughs) but let's assume they were not harboring a secret amphibious evil spaceship lair i do have one other theory so according to the divers that data cable was completely shredded And they described the entire lab was, quote, removed with great force from its position. So if not that first thing, we're obviously dealing with enormous genetically modified super intelligent Nazi sharks. That's the only other explanation. And, you know, it still involves an evil lair. It's well, going to make a great movie, though. And look, I mean, they said they ruled out marine animals, and if they didn't include enormous genetically modified super intelligent Nazi sharks in that assessment, I feel like this is their own fault, right? That's a mis. This is Germany, for fuck's sake. Oh, either way, we're going to need a nerd, a sexy lady, a man with a shadowy past, a black guy. <laughs> that is your, that's your solution for every problem, Eli. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one other detail. The lab was called, this is uh, terrifying. I don't know if amazing (laughs) is what I would say. The lab was called the Bachnis Eck Observatory. Yep. B-O-K-N-I-S-E-C-K. 
Observatory, which is literally a barely jumbled anagram <laughs> of Bosnick with a couple extra letters thrown in there as a dumb smokescreen. No, That's no, I figured the I figured the fucking smokescreen out. A Bachness Eck layer is a perfect anagram for Eli Bosnick arc. Also, <laughs> also crab-like icons. This is why you guys can't give me half days off. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do some anagramming. Got a day off? That's right. Gonna jumble some shit. Um, so, uh, Eli, I would like you to say out loud, please, I wasn't involved. I wasn't involved. Um, say it normal. In With a period. Period. Mm. Nope. Heath wasn't involved. And in Baxi's <laughs> news tonight. Y'all remember way Way back two months ago when YouTube and Facebook made a commitment they called the Christchurch call to action. You know, after a mass shooter in one of the countries with the lowest rates of gun violence in the world gave them credit like they co-produced his album. Well, <laughs> hold on to your butt cheeks because it turns out that was total bullshit. Yeah, no, it turns out that YouTube and Facebook have about as much credibility as the shit you see on YouTube and Facebook. Who'd have thought? Yeah. So according to Right Wing Watch, YouTube quietly restored several openly white supremacist YouTube channels as well as an Infowars show this month because, you know, that shit was months ago, y'all. Did you see that thing with the Sharpie? What? He drew on a map. <laughs> they might as well turn the swastikas on these channels into a placemat maze using a Sharpie just like, look, that was a fun game for kids. Sharpies <laughs> fix everything. YouTube's <laughs> awesome. You now, yes. we should point out that this is just the latest in a series of not at all subtle moves by YouTube to defend bigots. Like last month when they took down the strikes on Stefan Molyneux's channel, even though he describes himself as a race realist and called black people the drug dealers of slavery. Or when they what? left Steven Crowder show up, even though he harassed and threatened a gay journalist and sells a socialism is for fags t-shirt on his website. I cannot even imagine what the drug dealers of slavery means. And I'm mad yeah, at that what? dude for making me try. Oh, it. I'm going to send you guys the tweet. I'm so happy to I'm send this to gonna, you. Wait, what does gonna... it mean? Do you know what it means? <laughs> okay, here's the tweet. You ready? Who is worse, the drug dealer or the drug user? When it comes to slavery, blacks were the dealers. Whites were the users. Stefan Molyneux. What? <laughs> wow. Maybe we never mention him on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's right. a great idea. Either way, there literally is nothing you could do, and they don't care how many people get murdered. My stomach hurts. All right. <laughs> yeah, and, me too. And finally tonight, in pot dealer news, if anybody comes across an 18-carat million-dollar solid gold toilet, Edward Spencer Churchill uh, says it's his. He'd like it back. It, it doesn't even belong to him. He borrowed it from a friend. He's going to be in a lot of trouble if he comes home without it. So... I'm going to turn my back for two minutes. If there's a solid gold toilet on my desk when I turn back around, nobody gets in trouble. <laughs> turn around. There's a platinum toilet there. Okay, take this serious. Now we're all going to see consequences. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is a real story. Uh, this heist comes to us from the Blenheim Palace, birthplace of Winston Churchill, and Ooh. involves over a million dollars worth of toilet. Uh, the lavish lavatory is a fully functional piece of art entitled America because it's a solid gold <laughs> toilet. And right now you don't know if I'm talking about the toilet or the country. Yeah. They actually renamed it Royal Flush when it went to that palace. Well, so. yeah, it, was, it makes good. 
It's um, a really it was, clever name. No, it is. <laughs> um, it was designed by controversial Italian artist uh, Maurizio Catalan, I think is how you pronounce that, whose other works include a, a statue of Pope John Paul II getting smooshed by a meteorite, by the way, uh, and which was once offered by the Guggenheim as a substitute when the White House asked for a Van Gogh that they didn't want to loan out. <laughs> <laughs> and that actually could have been clever if the Guggenheim put a photo of, like, Robert Maplethorpe in the bowl so you could pee into his mouth. Like, that would have been clever. But they didn't. It wasn't clever. It was just a gold toilet for uh, basically just getting Eli to pay money to seem artsy. So, yep. And it works, by the way, because I'm fucking in on this gold toilet. It's beautiful art. Yeah. I'm moved by yeah. it. No. All right. Are you? All right. So, <laughs> bowel <after> moved. Yeah. <laughs> So after being turned down at the White House, the toilet wound up in Blenheim Palace, where its caretaker now infamously laughed off concerns it would be stolen by saying, quote, firstly, it's plumbed in. And secondly, a potential thief would have no idea who last used the toilet or what they ate, end quote. And as it turns out, for a million dollars worth of toilet, they don't give a fuck. I mean, it wasn't Eli and they know that after that it doesn't really fucking matter. <laughs> Uh, and while police are still piecing together the commodus operandi, a spokesman for the palace has already thanked them for their rapid and brave reactions, neither of which are adjectives that should ever be associated with toilet stories. Okay, well, not your toilet <laughs> stories, Judgey McJudgerton. Don't tell us those ones. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just like you. I feel like I'm not being heard, which is why I tell them over and over. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to close it out. <laughs> Thanks to No Illusions, thanks to Eli Bosnick, and thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Sam, Mark wants the millennial vote, Miguelito Miggy Migs, Jacob, the heretical popes, Ryan, other Ryan, Michael, skeptical spinster, Charles Brandon, first Duke of Suffolk and first Viscount Lyle, also Dylan, Mice Elf, weboflies.info, Larry, and Imposing Beam. And also an extra big thanks to Incognito Fuckboy, who just <laughs> jumped into a first place tie at the very top of the benefactor list with an amazingly generous pledge. And uh, all these people and their beautiful genitals, uh, this has been going well. They'd like a rap from Eli Bosnick really quick. Oh, my name is Eli and I'm here to say <laughs> when you were old and full of sleep all day. <laughs> you bastard. They won't get it because they don't know. <laughs> I memorized a poem. God damn you all. Damn you all. Do William Carlos Williams. You got no, this. It's over. Just wrap it's it. over now. I lost it. William Williams. <laughs> David Williamson. Wrap some Shakespeare Good sonnets. No? Can't do it. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, and Citation Needed, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slonick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign off. Eli yells something! <laughs> Line? Unfair. Unfair. 
Hey, hey, Heath. Hey, Heath. I got a, a, an important thing to tell you. Cool. Um, did you know that the uh, post office is required to take your ballot whether or not it has a stamp on it? What? <laughs> That's actually a true thing. They do? They have to take it one way or the other if it's your ballot. You lazy motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Read a podcast outtake. Jesus Christ. God damn it. <laughs> The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.